My name is DJ Dr. Fibes. My name is MC Mutations. Welcome to a celebration of the life and work of one of Britain's greatest big band leaders, drummers, live music composers, soundtrack composers, human beings, human beings. whole residents, <laughs> whole residents in a show entitled Basil the Kirshen Experience. <laughs> Basil Kirshen. Mm. Yes, it's about time, really. We've played the old track by Basil before, but really being fired up by a recent celebration of the great man in Hull, which I was lucky enough to sit in on. Bragging that you've been to Hull. Humble bragging. Hull, Hullbum brag. That's not good. Yes, for the next hour, we're going to take you through some of this great man's work and also some of the music by people that have been inspired by his music. In between all of that, we do, of course, have MC Mutations and The Late News. There were three distinct stages in the evolution of Annette Brougham's attitude towards the knocking in the room above. In the beginning, it had been merely a vague discomfort. Absorbed in the composition of her walls, she had heard it almost subconsciously. The second stage set in when it became a physical pain, like red-hot pincers, wrenching her mind from her music. Finally, with a thrill of indignation, she knew it for what it was, an insult! The unseen brute disliked her playing and was intimating his views with a boot heel. That's quite a good description of the show, really. Mounting fury slash exasperation. <laughs> no. Hopefully not in this particular case. But Kirshen is known for his <laughs> furious drumming, isn't he? As we're about to find out, yes. The track we're about to play, there's a video that we're going to put on the site. So incandescent <laughs> is his drumming. He bursts into flames. He does. Watch out for that. Listen, if you go to projectmemes.com, you can see the whole thing. We're heading back to the mid-50s for this track called Jungle Fire Dance. Mm-hmm. 
Bees Knees from the Basil Kirshin Band. That was from 1960. The first track we played was Jungle Fire Dance from the Ivor and Basil Kirshin Band. Ivor being Basil's mm. dad. That's available on an album called TV, Sound and Image. British Television, Film and Library Composers, 1956 to 1980. Now, you may have noticed a slight difference between track one and track two there, and that was when Basil ceased to be a prisoner of rhythm. That's a quote from Basil himself, because he had been in big bands with his dad. And at a certain point, before he did Bees Knees, he said, nuts to that. So he had a little bit of a revelation, didn't he? He did, yeah. The other reason to watch that video, apart from the, the incandescent Basil, is quite a few shots of his dad conducting, which is quite nice, because his dad looks like a sort of bank manager, doesn't he? He does, a groovy his, bank his manager. Spectacles. A groovy bank manager. Yeah. It's quite sweet. It is. <laughs> You're listening to Project Moonbase, a show you can download from projectmoonbase.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. That's right, and tell a couple of humans. Next time, for example, when you have to shoe your horse and you visit your local blacksmith. I'm speaking to the kids here. Just suggest your blacksmith. Listen to Project Moonbase. That's all I'm saying. That's all you need to do, listeners. Next time you think, I need to shoe this horse. <laughs> Sister thought. It's crowded. <laughs> oh, why do you never have a coconut shell when you need one? I know. A pair exactly, of coconut yeah. shells, obviously. I've got some sugar lumps. Is that how? Oh, actually, I would love a sugar lump. Listeners, look away. <laughs> Gears are going to shift now with the story of Basil Kirchin. Shortly after that last track was recorded, he went off to India. And this is in the mid to late 50s. Ten years too soon. Exactly. He went off to India and then on to Australia. Why does anyone go to Australia? <laughs> but he came back a bit of a changed man. You'll hear is this. Is he bitten by a snake? <laughs> Possibly. They've got massive spiders yeah, over there in Australia. I know that. From this next track onwards, you really get what I would call the Kirchin sound. He worked with lots of well-known library music and soundtrack composers, including the great Johnny Keating. I don't want to dwell on this too much, but he had a bit of a, quite a big falling out with Johnny Keating. They've only just become pals. <laughs> I know. But he did contribute three or four tracks on this album called The Keating Sound. We mentioned at the top of the show an amazing festival they had in Hull. They played a live arrangement of this next track. And I have to say it brought a bit of a tear to my eye. This is from the Johnny Keating album, The Keating Sound, and it's called simply Listen.
a changed man there. A somewhat more <laughs> languorous, Basil. Yes. Listen. Don't you hate when people start a sentence with listen? Listen. Johnny Keating and 27 men from the album The Keating Sound, even though it was written by Kirshin, originally uncredited on this album, doing the drumming as well, yep. from 1964. He's obviously popped open his third eye. That's yes. what happened on his trip to India. It happens to a lot of people. They taste a curry. They're like, mmm. They see something with a lot of arms. That's right. And they're like, hold on a minute. This is a little bit different to Hull. There is another theory. I don't think I'm doing him any disservice here because quite a few people mention this, but he was quite a fan of the jazz cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> that might also be playing a part well, in all maybe, this. maybe. But a lot of maybe. jazz cigarettes get sparked up and not a lot of albums this good come out of it necessarily. <laughs> no, no. If for every jazz oh. cigarette we had a great album, we'd have a lot more great albums. <laughs> I think you'd probably just knock that theory on the head, sir. <laughs> but you hint of Exotica in there as well. Oh, yes. We will be returning with an example of some lovely Kirchen Library music. First of all, it's time for the late news. Free Metro Rides for Kiev Poetry Buffs. Metro users in Ukraine's capital city are being allowed to ride free of charge at some stations if they can recite a poem by Taras Shevchenko, the country's national poet. Metro attendants will be waiting near ticket barriers to hear people's poetry offerings and will then allow them through without a ticket. Ordinarily, a single journey costs and this is the most difficult word I've ever come across to pronounce, for herjevnyes. Did you just go backwards there? <laughs> I'll spell it for you. You need four of these if you're in Kiev. H-R-Y-V-N-I-A-S. <laughs> That's equivalent to about 15 cents or 12p. What? Yeah. Yes. I think I'd be quite happy to pay the 12p. Yeah. The initiative, dubbed Shevchenko Happy Hour, is to mark the 19th century poet's birthday on the 9th of March. The Metro giveaway isn't particularly widespread, though, as it only applies during a brief time slot at three stations, including one named after Shevchenko. And despite the happy hour name, the travel window is only 40 minutes. At two of the stations confused... That's left some Metro users feeling a bit miffed. Why not all the stations? Why the time restrictions, asks one. Although others respond that it would be difficult to implement, especially given the crowds at rush hour. What a great idea. Too bad about the time limits and other rights. For a moment, when I read this initially, I thought all poets were going to be allowed to ride for free. And imagine if during rush hour, just yes. to make things even more of an agony, you had to listen to a, a legion of amateur poets <laughs> reciting their works in order to save 12 pence. With poetry voice, yeah. of course. Ah, freeloading <laughs> poets. And in case you're wondering, Taras Shevchenko died in St. Petersburg in 1861 after a long period of exile imposed by the Russian authorities. It doesn't say what he died of. Probably something picturesque and tragic, I imagine. Perhaps he was trampled to death in a metro station riot. Who knows? <laughs> maybe we should try the same idea in uh, Scotland with the poetry of Robbie Burns. Yes, maybe we should. <laughs> Police assist drunk hedgehog found with yoghurt pot on head. Police in New Zealand have shared a video of a disorientated hedgehog found by officers looking very drunk and walking into things at the weekend. 
the unfortunate creature was wandering around with a yoghurt pot wedged firmly on its head in Arrowtown on New Zealand's South Island. Posting the clip on Facebook, officers wrote, After a brief foot pursuit, the subject was cornered and the yoghurt pot removed. Crime prevention advice provided about going through other people's rubbish. Live to fight another day. This is not the first time we've dealt with the disorientated hedgehogs, but we hope the prevention advice given will see a decrease in hedgehog food container-related incidents, said the police. I think they seem to be labouring under the uh, misapprehension that hedgehogs understand English. I think this tweeness is a coded message from the New Zealand authorities. This is how I read it, between the lines. Dear drunks, move to New Zealand and jam a container of yoghurt on your head. (laughs) I might be wrong. And finally, a Miami lawyer's pants erupt in flames during an arson trial. (laughs) Deep, deep irony at work there. A Miami defence lawyer's pants burst into flames as he began his closing arguments in an arson case. (laughs) Stephen Gutierrez, who was arguing that his client's car spontaneously combusted and was not intentionally set on fire, had been fiddling in his pocket as he was about to address jurors when smoke began billowing out of his right pocket, witnesses told the Miami Herald. He rushed out of the courtroom, leaving spectators stunned. After jurors were ushered out, Gutierrez returned unharmed with a singed pocket and insisted it wasn't a staged defence demonstration gone wrong. Good, because that would have made no sense at all. Instead, (laughs) Gutierrez blamed a faulty e-cigarette. Or was it the mythological wrath of the god of fire? Vulcan, you win again! (laughs) You have been used. Thank you, MC Mutations. You're welcome. For that incendiary selection of news stories, there'll be more on the next show.
the otherworldly sound there of broadcasts. Oh yes, our first non-Kirchin track on the show, but probably the first band really to draw heavily on the, the work of Kirchin in their musical world. There was quite a good uh, sort of panel discussion at this whole weekend with Johnny Trunk um, sitting on the panel. He was asked whether any famous bands have cited Kirchin as an influence, and he said no. <laughs> <laughs> but there have been a few um, niche bands like Broadcast who were quite clearly inspired by the work of Basil Kirchner, and that was a track from their album Work and Non-Work. The track was called The World Backwards. And uh, before that, a, a track we have to thank Johnny Trunk for, really. Johnny Trunk's pretty much single-handedly been bringing Basil back into the limelight, reissuing much of his work. And he was saying at that same uh, panel discussion, there's, there's heaps and heaps of stuff, loads of fake reels that need to be released at some point, and that's going to happen over the next few years. That was a track from originally a DeWolf Library music album called Abstractions of the Industrial North, which you can get on CD. And it's nice to hear the first bit of harpsichord. Lovely bit of harpsichord on that. A bit of flautism going on as well. Oh, yes. Basil. A track called Prelude and Dawn. You're listening to Project Moonbase. You can get us in all sorts of media and using various apps, including Stitcher, Mixcloud, and TuneIn for fans of, as we said on, last, on the last show, fans of radio who don't like radios. <laughs> That's right. We're also on, of course, the mighty iTunes. Speaking of which, we don't have a current review on iTunes, but we've delved into the archive because this show, I'm not going to say it's all about the archive, but we do have a mighty and undeniable archive, which you can have a look at at projectmoonbase.com. And we have uh, historical reviews that we haven't yet read out. So here's one dating back to 2012. Remember 2012? <laughs> Five stars. This is from Stink Magnet from New Zealand. Lovely name. Where the, uh, there was a hedgehog... Uh, and we previously mentioned New Zealand in reference to an alcoholic hedgehog. And here's the review. Genius! Some of the most entertaining and esoteric comedy I've ever heard. Two fictional question mark Brits. We're quite real, I assure you. Stranded on the moon with all the time in the world to navel gaze and unravel the belly button flint of musical subculture. From the far reaches of forgotten left field and experimental electronica, meandering through analogue theme tunes from times gone by to the purely mental. Each podcast is loosely based around a common theme, giving our hosts a wonderful foil to dig into some of the most bizarre music ever to be recorded, along with a few contemporary gems thrown in. Musical madness is punctuated by regular news updates dredged from the far reaches of information highway and delivered with delightfully genteel British humour. Insightful, entertaining, and utterly ridiculous. Essential! Crumbs. Thanks, 2012. Listeners, this week's show is all about Basil Kirshen, of course, but we generally do play at least some musicians that are still alive and with us, and you can support those musicians by going to have a look at our show notes at projectmoonbase.com, and you'll find links to where you can buy their music. We do occasionally keep an eye on <laughs> Facebook as well. We had a message in from uh, Jeff Reynolds. The subject of the message is, Cheers, forward into the past. Hello, your lunar holiness and your cratered in eminence. <laughs> I've recently discovered your delightful podcast thanks to iTunes. I want to thank you for making my commute a time of wondrous discoveries rather than a period for the sort of grey rumination I normally indulge. To think of the hours I have wasted painting myself into sombre-toned corners of self-recrimination <laughs> when I could have been levitating above them in the oral auras provided by PMB. Crumbs. There we are. Thank you very much. Hail the orb, he says at the end. Hail the orb. Yes, orb. Hail the orb. <laughs> Praise it. Thank you very much. Yeah, wonderful stuff. Mm. Well, listen, if you like to mention the show, wherever it may be on the internet, we'd be very much grateful. And um, if you tell us where you mention it, we'll big you up on the internet and you can be internet famous. 
Speaking of which, at the moment, there's this thing called hashtag tripod, that's T-R-Y-P-O-D, on Twitter, where you can suggest that people try the show, what's good about it or whatever. If you want to do that, you can recommend an episode or recommend why people might listen to the show and put hashtag tripod and then somebody might see it. I think it's still going. I think so, yeah. Seems to be alive and well. Mm. And thanks, Puny Articles, I think was the first one to hashtag tripod. Thanks to Chris Browning as well, Common Swings, for um, tweeting about the show. And thanks to everybody else that uh, mentions it. Like I said, this week, Blacksmith. Previous episode, Greengrocer. Next week, we'll write. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you spoiled the surprise there. Now, the recent Hull extravaganza all about Basil Kirsch and the High Llamas were present, mm. and they did a, a track that they'd never played before, I understand. That's right, yeah. Well, it's a suite of pieces really called We Start Counting, kind of inspired by the Basil Kirsch and a soundtrack for I Start Counting. So we're going to play a track by the High Llamas now, and then we're going to hear a little nugget, a little anecdote from Basil's saxophonist, Alan Barnes, talking about Basil. And then we're going to go into another track by Basil called Sketch 3.
Hello, I'm Alan Barnes. I was uh, lucky enough to work with Basil towards the end of his life. We did quite a lot of solos on his last few albums. And uh, in a business that's uh, notable for eccentrics and oddities, uh, Basil Kirchin still stands head and shoulders above most of the other ones. He's the only person that's ever stopped me to tell me that it was perfect. <laughs> One of his other ones was that he had this recording of Evan Parker duetting with a wild swan, and he said, I defy you to tell which is which, and of course I couldn't. And, um, and uh, he said, I'd like you to do a duet. I said, uh, okay, who am I duetting with? He said, Hitler. So great, okay. It's actually on my CV and nobody ever notices it in my list of people I've played with. So uh, we were there in the studio with Hitler's voice screaming at me, me screaming back on a bass clarinet and Basil's voice in my left can shouting, let the bastard have it. jazz wildlife there 
<laughs> from Basil Kircher. I, th I think he's pretty much unique, actually, in being a jazz musician who incorporated field recordings <laughs> into his music. It's something quite extraordinary about that. Mm. Apparently, in the late 60s, he got a, an Arts Council award to go off and buy one of these lovely Nagra portable reel-to-reel -reel tape recorders. And so he went off and made lots of recordings of birdsong and slowed it down and then got his jazz musicians to respond to it. We heard Alan Barnes before that talking a little bit about that and also Hitler. <laughs> He also used to get musicians to react to Hitler. I wonder if um, Johnny Trunk has access to those tapes as part of the vast archive that he was hinting at. I'd love to think, yeah, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> oh, it's an interesting choice, isn't it? That was a track called Sketch 3, on an album, a lovely album called Charcoal Sketches. Originally recorded in 1970, but again, only thanks to Johnny Trunk we are getting to hear that now, because it was never released at the time. Why? Crazy. I don't know. Now, if that track doesn't have Stereo Lab all over it, <laughs> I don't know what does. And we'll be hearing a little bit of that lovely band after... Thing of the Week. That's right, this week's Thing of the Week is um, it's a slight change, a slight departure from the kind of thing we would normally do. If you're enjoying this uh, Basil Kirshen-themed show, then you might be saying to yourself, how can I get more of this? Well, one way is to purchase for yourself some Basil Seeds. That's right. You can buy a bag of basil seeds and then you can have basil, you know, flying around all over the place. Could you grow your own basil kirchen? I guess you could. Although here it's called um, Tac Maria, 200 grams of basil seeds. I don't know why this amuses me so much, but it does. This particular bag of basil seeds gets uh, five stars, listeners. And it's only £2.89 in, in the UK. Very reasonable. And a special offer, 10% when you purchase a quantity of two. <laughs> Well, well, well. If you're wondering why on earth you would want basil seeds, apart from their ability to incorporate field recordings and jazz music, it also helps aid in digestion. And you can use it in desserts, such as faluda. Don't know what that is, but um, I'm sure it's good. It's a stress reliever, and it's good for skin infections, and this is a 200-gram packet. Jalpur brand. Hey. Eh? It says in the description that there is no evidence whatsoever that basil seeds have undesirable side effects. <laughs> That's good to know that. Mm. Basil seeds are crushed into oil to help in treating infections such as wounds, tox, <laughs> bladder infections, skin infections and so forth. You can also make them into a kind of milkshake style dessert if you like. It's amassed eight reviews. According to uh, Rebecca Powell, you could make a sugar-free jam with it. I'm not, I'm not totally sure. I'm What's totally the point sure. of that? I'm not quite sure I fancy a sugar-free basil-flavoured jam. But anyway. I mean, do you not think part of the point of jam is that it's full of sugar, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's, why, that's why people like jam. Jennifer Jones, used in a water tray at school for a sensory activity. Children love them, and if you fish them out in a net at the end of the day, you can reuse them the following day. Yeah, but you have to dry the children down after you've fished them out of the net. You can't send a damp child home. Questions will be asked. Basil seeds are lovely, flavourful, and I use them to thicken drinks. So there we go. Listeners, basil seeds. I think that just about wraps it up for Thing of the Week.
absolutely heavenly sounds there. I think that's a pretty beautiful piece of work. A bit of library music work, extremely high-quality library music work there mm. from uh, Basil Kirchin and Jack Nathan. That was actually on a KPM label. He recorded, I think he recorded library albums on at least three labels, KPM, DeWolf and Bruton. So he got around a bit. Mm. But not under assumed names. That has happened with a lot of yeah. library musicians, isn't it? But they normally have a series of ludicrous uh, identities. I think the closest he got to that was on DeWolf, where I think he recorded some albums as, uh, well, I think there were three of them, but they recorded them as the London Studio Group. Mm. So not pretending that he's from Morocco <laughs> no, or no. descended from an Aztec or something. Get with a program, Basil. Yeah, exactly. So that was from the KPM library album called It's About Time, which you can buy in download form anyway. And it was a track called The Good Guys. Before that, we had a bit of Stereo Lab, augmented by members of the High Lamas, who you might be able to tell there. A track from their album Cobra and Phases Group Pay Voltage in the Milky Night. With a track called The Spiracles. Wonderful stuff. Spiracle is the tube through which a butterfly breathes, apparently. Oh, and spiracles is the uh, plural. You've got more than one, that's what I'm saying. That's right. Well done. In your collection, mm. perhaps. I have been DJ Dr. Fibes. I hope you've enjoyed some tape manipulation on this week's edition of the show. I have been MC Mutations, and I hope you enjoyed the sounds of birds, animals, and insects. We're going to leave you with a bit of debauchery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. We're going to Primitive London. Shock horror. It's the legendary Underground Sleaze Fest documentary released in 1965, and this is the soundtrack to it. And that'll be followed by another unreleased track at the time, anyway, recorded in 1979, recently put out on a lovely bit of yellow vinyl, 7-inch, by Johnny Trunk. And quite a shift of gear. Yeah, a bit of a departure. <laughs> if you've been languorously drifting along through this Kirshen experience, prepare for a, a little bit of a change of pace. Until next week, dear listener, let the bastard have it!
as you might say, is to irk people with humour. Like on the one hand, they have this uneasy feeling that it is human beings. But on the other hand, 
They have to keep listening because they're not that sure. I want to try and create that. 